So we've made it past Halloween 2021. Pretty amazing. Which means Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And Whenever you think of Thanksgiving, you think about food. And When I think about food, I think about my favorite meal. And on this episode of The Eclectic Monk, I'm going to share with you my deathbed meal, the thing that I would rather eat than anything else, and how to cook it. Because believe it or not, I know how to cook. So, don't go anywhere. You're probably going to be a little bit surprised. There you go. See you in a minute. So think about it. What's your favorite meal? What's that thing that you love more than anything else? For a lot of people, it's something fancy or complicated. You know, chicken au gratin and whatever, you know, foie gras or a great filet mignon. Or, and those are all, you know, good. Well, the foie gras, I don't care anything about eating turkey guts, but... You know, um, for me, my very favorite meal, the thing I would love to eat more than anything else, is pinto beans, cornbread, and coleslaw. You put a bowl of pinto beans with a side of cornbread and coleslaw in front of me every day for the rest of my life, I will eat it with a smile on my face and enjoy it because I love that meal. And I've loved it since I was a kid. It's been my favorite thing as long as I can remember. And um, and so as I grew older, I learned how to cook it. Because the fact is, there are some really key things to making good pinto beans that most people never figure out. And you're not going to learn how to do it just reading the package. So, in this episode of The Eclectic Monk, I'm going to teach you how to cook my pinto beans. And if, any, if you know me, you know I make good pintos. I'm going to teach you how to make cornbread. Delicious, moist, crusty cornbread. Not like that crap that you got in middle school. Real southern cornbread. And a really simple, quick coleslaw recipe that... I love. So, first things first, the beans. What you need, very simple. Uh, you need a pound of pinto beans. Now, I like to get the Goya beans. That's uh, You go to the, the Mexican section of the grocery store, and they usually have the Goya brand because they're clean. They're good. You don't have to, you know, when you sort through them, you don't find a lot of little rocks and a lot of broken or bad beans in there. They're, they're usually really high quality. Uh, but you can do anything. You can get any store brand. It doesn't matter. You're going to take them. You're going to open them up. You're going to put them into your your soup pot. Uh, you got to have a you know, big enough soup pot so because you're going to fill it with water. You're going to cook them in that. Uh, and then you are going to rinse them off good and then sort them out. You want to make sure, again, there's not any little pebbles in there. Nobody wants to eat a rock. 
Uh, if there's any beans that are split or broken, I always pick those out so that all I've got is nice, clean beans in the pot. That's the beginning. So the other trick and the important part about cooking good pinto beans is you want to start the night before. So because you're going to want to soak them overnight to make them good. So once you've got the beans in the pot, this is the night before you're going to eat them. You can do this right before you go to bed. It's real easy. You're going to fill them up uh, with water. You want about four inches of water over the beans, four or five inches of water. You're going to fill your pot two-thirds of the way full of water. The beans are going to be in the bottom. Then you're going to use this blend of herbs. So write this down. I'll wait just a second so you can get a pen. Put Hit pause. Get a pen and a piece of paper. These are the essential seasonings that you need for good pinto beans. All right, you ready? All right. Salt. I know that seems simple. Salt is very important. I actually like Jane's Crazy Salt because it's a little bit different, but any good quality sea salt or just plain old Morton salt, whatever you got will work just fine. The fancier the salt, it still tastes like salt. Black pepper. I like to get the peppercorns. I like to grind my pepper and grind it a bit coarse so you get more pepperish flavor, but you need black pepper, very important. You need onion powder, not onion salt, onion powder. You can get it at any grocery store. You need garlic powder. Garlic powder. You can get it at any grocery store. But again, not garlic salt. Don't get the salt because you're going to use regular salt. You want garlic powder. You also need cumin. Ground cumin. And this is an essential ingredient in all Mexican food. Um, But ground cumin gives it a nice smoky flavor. You need some of that. You also need some paprika. So salt, pepper, onion powder, garlic powder, cumin powder, and paprika. Those six spices you need for your beans. You're going to soak your beans. But what you want to do is you want to put them on the stove and turn the stove on and start bringing them up to a boil. And as you're heating up the beans, you're going to take and you're going to put some salt in there. Now, you're going, to, you're going to salt it like you feel like you've put a lot of salt in it. And then salt it a little bit more. This is important. So, then you're going to take your black pepper. Same thing. You want to put a lot of black pepper. Because remember, you've got you know, six inches of water in your soup pot. So, you're trying to season that water, not the beans. You look at the beans. There's only a few beans in there. They're going to swell up. They're going to cook down. You're trying to create the broth is what you're doing. So you want to salt it really well and then a little bit more. Black pepper. Put a good amount of black pepper on it and then a little bit more. Same thing with everything else, with your onion salt or your onion powder. I'm sorry. Onion powder. You want to take it and you want to sprinkle it onto the top of the pan and then do it again. Garlic powder. Same way. Cumin, same way, get plenty of cumin on it, and then the paprika gets you a nice shake 
of paprika on there. And you're going to be, as the heat comes up, as the water begins to heat up, stir all that up together. Because here's the secret. This is what you're going to soak your beans in. So you're going to bring the pot up to boil, and you're going to let it boil for about three minutes. And then you're going to turn it off, cover it, set it to the back of the stove, and just let it sit overnight. But what you've done is you've created this delicious solution that your beans are going to absorb. And that is what's going to make them great. So the next day when you're cooking them down, you can do one of two things. If you want to do it really easy, in the morning, you can take your crock pot, pour the beans and the fluid. I know they're going to say, dump the soaked fluid out. Don't do that. You're getting rid of all that delicious goodness that you've already created. Dump that whole pot into your crock pot. And then you're going to fill it back up. And, you know, make sure that your crock pot is nice and full. Now, your other piece that you need when you go to the grocery store, you need to get either a thing of salt pork. You can get the sliced or you can get the whole block. Doesn't matter. Or you can get like a smoked turkey wing or a smoked turkey neck. Either one of those, you need some piece of either smoked or salted meat that you're going to put in with your beans. That's going to be essential to the flavor of the beans. Uh, I have a Vietnamese son-in-law. I use sliced salt pork, and I put that entire pack of salt pork into my beans. I'm going to let that cook all day with the beans in my crock pot. And then I'm going to take that out, and I'm going to fry it up, and he's going to eat it like it's candy because he loves it. I usually would take it and throw it away because I'm not going to eat it, but I want the flavor of it in my beans. So if you're doing it in the crock pot, dump your whole pot. Beans, the beans are going to, be, going to be big. They're going to be puffed up where they've soaked in the water. You're going to pour them in. You're going to fill the crock pot up with water again because you have to have plenty of water for it to cook down. Put your salt pork or your turkey neck or wing or whatever you have in there. And then you're going to do the same thing you did before with your salt. You're going to salt it down good and throw a little bit more. You're going to put more black pepper in. Do it exactly the same way. Pepper, 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 and a little more pepper. Onion powder, garlic powder, cumin, and paprika. You're going to put all of that into it again. And you're going to think when you're doing this, I am just overkilling these beans. You're not. You're making them delicious. And if you're cooking them all day, you can put the lid on that crock pot, put it on low, and just let it sit there, and that thing will cook. And when you get home for supper, your beans are going to be done. It's amazing. Or you can cook them down the easy way. The faster way is to cook them on your stovetop. Same thing you're going to do. Put your meat in there. You're going to put fill it back up with water. Put all of your seasonings back in. Turn it on. Bring it to boil turn it down, half cover it. You want to leave the lid cracked a little bit so that it doesn't boil over and then stir them uh, regularly and they should cook down in a couple of hours to where the beans are tender and delicious. Really simple to make good pinto beans. I like the crock pot method because it takes all the pressure off. I can put them in the morning, again, go to work. When I get home from work, the house smells delicious and all I got to do is make a pan of cornbread and some coleslaw, and supper is ready. So, 
pound of beans, a pack of salt pork or a turkey, you know, neck, a smoked turkey neck or turkey wing or something for your meat. Salt, pepper, onion powder, garlic powder, cumin powder, and paprika. Those are the central, essential ingredients to the best pinto beans you've ever made and ever eaten. I promise I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this a long time. So, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll come back, and I'm going to tell you how to make cornbread and coleslaw. And then you will have a meal fit for a redneck king. I'll be right back. How do you feel? Are you tired? Weary? Irritated? Are you frustrated? Out of sorts? Less than enthusiastic about life in general? Do you find people to be tedious? Do you want to choke the life out of that snotty teenager at the drive through window? Do you hate your car? Your job, your neighborhood, perhaps even your spouse or significant other. Do you find that you're fed up with the media machine? Politics or a boring noise salad and the social commentary by the talking heads makes your stomach hurt? Would you honestly say that you would prefer to endure a toothache and the mindless, thoughtless, pointless, and profitless meandering crap that's passed off as entertainment. Does the news tick you off? Does social media make you want to scream? Do you care more about the death of the snail daughter than about how many likes Karen got for her photos of food you wouldn't feed to your pet? Of course you do. Speaking of pets, are you ready to kill yours yet? Have you had enough of urine stains, fur balls, fleas, vomit, noise, and the stench of their food? Have you essentially reached a point where you are so worn out with life that you just don't care? Well, you need a pill. And Astral Fossica has a pill for you. Oh, screw it. One daily dose of oh, screw it will not fix your problem. But it will numb your brain to the point where your overwhelming apathy feel like pure joy. So don't delay. Ask your doctor if oh, screw it is right for you. I'm guessing it is. Side effects include numb tongue, sleeplessness, vicious mood swings, fits of rage, uncontrolled weeping, loss of bladder and or bowel control, terrifyingly lucid nightmares, homicidal thoughts, split personalities, split personalities, self-recrimination, unusual body odor, fatigue, manic episodes, Euphoric feelings followed by bone-crushing depression. Red eyes. We mean demonic-appearing red eyes. 
had an overwhelming impulse to drink massive amounts of tequila and drive at excessive speeds which may lead to incarceration or sudden death. Let's face it. You need a pill. We have a pill. You might as well take the damn pill. Why not? It is FDA approved. Come on. Give the world a finger. Get your life back. Get, oh, screw it. Today. Astrofarsica assumes no liability for this product. Use only as corrected. The secret to good cornbread is a cast iron skillet. You need a cast iron skillet. If you're going to cook, you need a cast iron skillet. I would suggest going to a thrift store and finding an old used cast iron skillet. You can buy a new one and you got to season it and do all kind of stuff with it. Or you can go find an old used cast iron skillet. The older it is, the better it is probably. It's probably already well seasoned, broken in, ready to cook. Uh, just make sure that you take it, uh, clean it good. Never, ever, ever put your cast iron skillet in the dishwasher. Ever. Never do that. I clean my cast iron skillet by putting salt in it, running water, and using the salt as an abrasive to clear the whatever is in there and get it out dry it really well and then take some olive oil and drop some olive oil in it with a, a napkin and wipe it in so that I seal it again. That way you keep your cast iron skillet seasoned and sealed. Another little trick for you, but cast iron skillet. So you're going to make cornbread. I use white lily cornmeal mix, the self-rising cornmeal mix. That's what I use. You can use anything on the shelf, really. You can figure it out. But that's what I use. The, the difference between cornmeal and cornmeal mix is the cornmeal mix, again, is self-rising. It's got a little bit of flour mixed in with the cornmeal, uh, and it's got the, the baking powder mixed in so that it's already all ready to go. It's really easy to use, and I like it. So, um, The recipe is going to be on the side of the bag, so this is not hard to... You know, you don't have to memorize this. What you do need to know is how to make it. It's, you know, the, the, the bag is not going to give you this trick to making really good cornbread. Um, so here you go. The trick to making really good cornbread starts with your cast iron skillet. And you want to take your cast iron skillet while it's empty, and you want to put cooking oil in your skillet. And you want to put probably about a quarter of a cup. I don't know. You, what you want is about a sixteenth of an inch of oil covering the bottom of your skillet. You don't want too much. Too much is better than not enough because what you want is you want to take that skillet with that little bit of oil in it, that, that sixteenth of an inch layer of oil, You know, enough to put your finger in and know that you've got oil in there. And you're going to Put that into the oven and then preheat the oven to 425. Cook cornbread at 425 degrees Fahrenheit for my Canadian friends. If you're trying to do this and make a conversion to Celsius, I don't know. It's 425 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, 
and you're going to heat your pan with the oil because what you want to do is get that oil good and hot in the pan. So while the oven is preheating and the pan is heating up, the oil is getting hot, then you break out your mixing bowl. For your cornbread, you're going to use a quarter cup of cooking oil, one egg, two cups of the cornmeal mix, and a cup and a half of milk. Um, I use buttermilk when I can. You can use whole milk. You can use 2% milk. It's just the liquid that's going to hold the batter together. But the more milk fat you put into it, the richer and more moist your cornbread is going to be. So using buttermilk gets the very best result for moist, delicious cornbread. But if all you got is, you know, whole milk or 2%, you can use that. You need a cup and a half. I use a half cup when I'm measuring out my ingredients. So you have a quarter cup. You're going to take your bowl, your mixing bowl, put your quarter cup of oil in there. You're going to crack your one egg, put your one egg egg into there, and take a fork and mix the egg and the oil up good so that it's nice and broken down. Then, like I said, I take my half cup because I can just mess up one thing. I don't have to use a cup and then another half cup. And I put two cups of cornmeal mix into the oil and egg mixture, and then take your fork, and then you mix all that up good so that you get the egg and the oil mixed in really well with the cornmeal, right? So you have this kind of wet batter there. Then you put your milk, your cup and a half of milk, or buttermilk, as I would use, into your mix, and then you mix it up good, and you're going to have a nice wet batter and that's all you got to do your cornbread is ready to go you're just waiting on the oven to finish preheating and the oven's gonna you know beep 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 oven's ready to go it's 425 degrees this is where it gets a little tricky be patient give it about five more minutes i know it's hard you're ready to eat the beans are smelling delicious they've been cooking all day but hold on just about four or five more minutes because you really want that oil to be really hot. You know you've done it right. When you pour the batter, you pull that, you pull your pan out, put it on, you know, use a oven mitt, pull your pan out because it's hot, put it up on top of the stove and you put the batter in and it should sizzle when you put it in. If it sizzles when you put it in, you know you've done it right. If it just sizzles a little bit, it's fine. And if it doesn't sizzle at all, it's going to be okay. Don't panic. It's not going to be the best crust you ever had. If it sizzles good, what you're going to get is a cornbread with a crispy crust on it that is just to die for. That's what you're looking for. So you want that sizzle. And then you're going to put that back in the, uh, when you put your cornmeal in, just dump it in there, kind of smooth it out a little bit, take your oven mitt, put it back in the oven, set your timer on 20 minutes. Cornbread is cooking. Now it's time to make some coleslaw. Coleslaw you need five ingredients. You need a head of cabbage. You need some mayonnaise. You need some sweet pickle relish. You need salt and pepper. That's it. So you take your cabbage, you take your grater. You need a grater. Take your mixing bowl. You're going to grate your cabbage into the mixing bowl. If it's only... Two people eating, you just grate enough cabbage for two people. If you got 10 people eating, you're going to grate enough cabbage for 10 people. Just make as much as you need. You don't have to overmake, but you can make all you want. 
You can do the whole head, you can do half the head, whatever you need to do, you want to grade it. And I always use not the, 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 the super fine, but just the normal, regular grater so you have a nice grated cabbage in your mixing bowl. Pull the big chunks out because you're going to have some big chunks in there. Be careful. Don't grate your finger. That hurts. Not that I've done that. So you got your grated cabbage. Now what you're going to do is you're going to take your mayonnaise. Take a spoon. Dip it in the mayonnaise. Plop it into your thing. Plop some more. Plop a little more. And then start mixing it in because you're going to just make it nice and creamy. That's all you want. You want the mayonnaise to get in there. And then I take the pickle relish, sweet pickle relish. And I like to get a little bit of the pickle relish juice in there just for flavor. And I'll take a fork and I'll just dig out and put as much pickle relish as I think I want. Um, you know, three or four good scoops of pickle relish into a two or three person serving amount of coleslaw. Then you mix it all up so it's nice and creamy. You always start a little bit small. If you if you look at it and you say, well, it needs a little more mayonnaise, it's easy to throw a little more mayonnaise in there. If you say, man, I could use a few more pickles, throw a few more pickles in there. That's all there is to it. Just kind of start light and then build it up as you go. And then salt and pepper to taste. You salt it, pepper it, taste it. Not salty enough, put a little more salt in there. Not peppery enough, hit a little more pepper. That's all there is to it. Taste it. It's done. And then by that time, the timer will go off. Your cornbread is ready to take out of the oven. When you take your cornbread out of the oven, here's the other trick. you got your butter there. So you're going to take a couple of pats of butter, just put it on that top of that hot cornbread, and it's just going to melt right down and absorb into the cornbread. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. Give it a second to cool off just a little bit. Take you a plate or a platter or something, and then flip the pan over, the cornbread if you've oiled the pan right, the old cornbread is just going to come right out. And the crust is going to be sitting there. It's going to be an upside-down cornbread. And then you cut it up. And then your beans are ready. Your cornbread is ready. Your coleslaw is ready. Put it together. I actually throw a little bit of ketchup on my beans just to add that flavor. I like it that way. Most people don't eat it that way, but I do. It's good without it. Just a little bit of ketchup, a little Heinz 57, if you got some of that, makes it really good. And then you sit down and you eat like a king. So, I hope you, uh, you enjoyed that. I hope you'll try it, because I'm telling you, this is my favorite meal. I love it. I could eat it every day. In fact, talking about it has made me hungry again, so I may have to do it before the weekend is out. Anyway, fellow travelers, I appreciate you, all nine of you. Uh, I know that nine pounds of, of uh, pinto beans are fixing to fly off the shelves all across, all across America and around the world. So that's, that's a cool idea. Give it a shot. Let me know what you think. If you have any questions, message me. I'll be glad to answer them. And uh, until we meet again, travel well. Enjoy the journey. May God bless you. And have a great day. Know that you are loved. See you next time. So I really, really do appreciate you listening to the podcast. And I appreciate you sharing it on social media or just by word of mouth. Appreciate you following it. 
liking it, rating it if possible on whatever outlet that you're enjoying it on. And appreciate all the encouragement that I've gotten along the way. The nine of you still inspire me. And I really, really thank you all from the very bottom of my heart. So again, till we meet again, God bless. Thanks.